Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. Starting in verse 18. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. We're continuing with Matthew's um, account of uh, of Jesus's ministry, his walk here on on earth, as he as he left the glory of heaven, that he is he is pre-existing, that he's he's he, Jesus is is God incarnate. Wasn't that he began to exist there at Bethlehem like someone who was born, but he left that that glory in heaven and came to this earth, and it was really no better then than it is now, that just as, just as much evil reigned as we'll see in, 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 this, in a couple of these uh, next, next accounts. Uh, we, we think of the good old days and think, well, there, there wasn't anything uh, wrong in the 50s or the 60s or, well, the 60s, nobody thinks that. Maybe the 70s, you know, but, but it's like evil has been around since the Garden of Eden when man and, and, and woman first sinned and turned their back on God and, and were disobedient. And, and, and Jesus came to, uh, to pay the price for our sin. And, and, and so Matthew has, has been giving us his, his version. It's not different than the other gospels, but, it's, but, it, but it is unique in the sense that Matthew is writing to uh, primarily a, a, a Jewish audience. And, and so he kind of forms his outline differently than, than John or, or Mark or Luke would do. And, and so he's, he's, he introduced us to Jesus and how his, his birth was, was noble in the sense of a son of David as the Messiah was to be. And, and then worked through Jesus's o o obedience and baptism and his temptations, and then the Sermon on the Mount. But he but he gave us a couple of clues of what Jesus is uh, as, as he's as he's walking, living among men and and women. That back in chapter four, he said, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." So, so that wherever Jesus went, that was the primary, the primary message. And, and, and several times Matthew has, has related that, that, that from that time on he went about teaching, preaching, healing, casting out demons, those things that the prophet Isaiah said the Messiah would do. And, and as he completed the Sermon on the Mount, so the great crowds were following him, and the crowds were astonished by his teaching that he taught as one with, with authority. And there, you may remember last week in the beginning of chapter 8, it said great crowds were following him, and he, and he healed the leper, 
and he, and he, and he healed the centurion's uh, servant who was miles away. And then he, then he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And, and, and we take up kind of there in the, in the account that, that he sees this great crowd following him. And it's, it's, it, you kind of get this little thought that, well, maybe these people are following, I want to see a miracle or I need a miracle. Following for what they can receive. And, and Jesus decides, it's, you know, it, it's, it's time for me to withdraw from here, Capernaum, up at the north part of the Sea of Galilee. And, it, and he's, he's going to go to the other side. He's actually going to just kind of make a diagonal south and, and east. And, and, and we're going to find out that he ends up in, in Gadara, which is on the east side of, of the Sea of Galilee. But, but as he's getting ready, he said he gave orders to his disciples, let's go to the other side. At least four of them are fishermen, you know, and, and they may even have their own boats nearby. He said, get ready. Let's go to the other side. We've, we've spent enough time here. And as they're preparing for that trip, getting, getting the boats, uh, the boat or boats ready to, to, to go, a couple of people come up to Jesus and, and as we, we're going to look at three different events, this one, the calming of the sea, and then uh, the, de the demoniacs that Jesus runs into when they get to the, to the other side of, of the Sea of Galilee. But just consider the responses that each of these events show us how people responded to Jesus. And we're kind of like, Things haven't changed. Every person today will respond to Jesus in one way or another. Whether, whether we've grown up in the church and, and, and been a believer and a Christian for, for all of our lives, not all of our lives, but, you know, since we were, you know, we little lads and lasses or that Everyone responds to, to Jesus. So here, the first one that Matthew says comes up to him, they're getting ready to go to the other side, and this scribe comes up to him, a scribe being a, a teacher of the law, one who, who was, in, in, in one sense, a lawyer to the Jewish law, that, that they interpreted the law, they copied the Old Testament the, the, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, that they couldn't just, you know, go and, and find a translation, hit print, and print out all the, you know, these pages, that they had to hand write and copy each, each word, each letter. And if there was a mistake, it was the Word of God. That, that scroll or that manuscript was abandoned because you, you, there could not be a mistake even in the, in, in, in the smallest word, letter, uh, or, or whatever in, in the book. So this scribe is a, is a smart man. In a sense, he has job security. It's, his, his job doesn't depend on agriculture, on drought, or, or floods, or as a fisherman there, you know, near the Sea of Galilee, that, that his, his work and livelihood would, would be just dependent on the, the people needing a message from God, needing uh, uh, instructions on how to follow and believe in God. And so this, this man who's, who's 
may be well known. We don't know his name, but he's, he's one of the scribes. And he comes up to Jesus and he makes a pretty bold uh, statement. He says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus tells him, I think he tells him, think about what you're saying, that there is a cost to discipleship. Jesus said, the foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Says, you, you say you want to follow me. What you've seen so far was that this scribe, maybe he's there at the Sermon on the Mount, and he hears that teaching and he thinks this, is, this guy is just astounding and he's teaching with authority. And then he comes down off the mountain and he, and he goes to Capernaum and he heals this leper. And he sends the leper to the priests. And, and leprosy, as we, uh, we, we see back in 2 Kings, was considered it was easier to raise somebody from the dead than to heal a leper. So those priests they go to, they may have never performed the ritual for cleansing a leper. They may have to get out their, their scrolls of, 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 of Levit Leviticus and say, how do we do this? I mean, I remember learning this in, in, in synagogue school or preschool, but, you know, man, that was a long time ago and, and nobody's done it. My, my great-grandpa hadn't done it. And then, then he sees the, the, the centurion who, sin, who, who, who approaches Jesus and says, my servant is, is ill. And Jesus heals him from a distance. And, and Peter's mother-in-law, and it says that evening uh, after Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, they were bringing many who were oppressed by demons and, and who were, had all types of illnesses, and Jesus healed them. And this scribe sees what's been going on and decides, I, I want to be a part of this. I, I want to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And, and Jesus tells him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. It's the first time Matthew uses that phrase, Son of Man, and Jesus describing himself to, to, to others. And there's, 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 mint, there's several Old Testament occasions where the, the writer's use that phrase, son of man, it could be just meaning um, a person, a, a male person. They weren't confused back then as what a male was and a female was or a man and a woman was. There's like a, a, a man. But, but the biggest, one biggie is, is Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13 where it says he, he saw the ancient of days. This is in one of Daniel's visions, the first one recorded in, in the book of Daniel in the second half. It says the ancient of days was there and, 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 and one like a son of man came and he was given power and authority and dominion. It's a, it's a messianic name, term for the one who's, who's coming. And, and so Jesus is, I think he's using that, uh, re, that, that, that definition of son of man. 
Now, do all the people get it? Mm, probably not. We, we don't always get things that should be obvious to, you know, e even to us. But that he says, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Don't think that, that following me is always going to be easy. Salvation is free, but sometimes the cost of, of salvation, the cost of following Christ is it, high. It's great. That, that it's not always being at summer camp. Or, or on the top of this spiritual mountain that there are, uh, there will be occasions when you question, do I really want to follow Jesus? Now, we don't get the results. Matthew kind of leaves us hanging. And he does the same thing, I think, with the, with the next one. After, after this scribe comes up to him, an, another disciple and, and that's what he's called. Another of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. What, what does he mean? You know, we're, we're not really even told what is the, the guy asking as far as burying his father. It, it would seem that his father has, has not recently died, though, because in, in those days, the custom was to, to bury someone within the next day. You know, they have no uh, way to preserve bodies so that everybody can come from distance and, and have a funeral two weeks later or whatever, that they would, they would bury the, 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 the deceased within a day. And so it's, it's, it, it seems doubtful that this guy's father died that morning, and he's saying, you know, I know you're fixing to go across the, the lake, but, but give me time to bury my, my father. It, it, it could be that his father had passed away and he wants to stay there uh, long enough that the custom was that, that, that one died, they were laid in the tomb, and about a year or so later, when, when the, the decomposition was, was complete, they would take their bones and they would put them in this smaller box called, called an ossuary. And they would place them then further back in the, in the family crypt. That, that maybe it's like, well, you know, I need to hang out here long enough to, to, to do that. That's my duty. Or, I, and, and, and a lot of scholars think what he's saying is, my, my, my father is, is advanced in years, and, and I need to wait here and take care of him, and then I will follow you. He's, he's hesitant in, I, I'll follow you, but I've got to get these things in order first. We don't, we don't see the results of either one of these. We don't know if the scribe uh, said, I understand that, and I'm going to follow you, and he gets in the boat. We, we don't know if this man uh, decides, oh, okay, uh, I'll follow you, I'll, I'll go now. You know, Matthew just kind of leaves it hanging, and it's, it's as if he's, he's asking us to decide, what would I do? What kind of disciple or follower of Jesus am I or am I going to be? Am, am I going to be the one that, that says, I know you're headed to the cross, 
and, and I know that the, that the road can be rough for a follower, and I'm going to follow you anyway. Or is it like, oh, well, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. I'll just, I'm just, never mind. Or one that says, that, that's hesitant. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus when, when I get ready. When, when, when I've made my mark, when I've, when, I've, when I've finished my career, whatever the case may be, when, when I've done all this, then I will follow Jesus. And he's saying, don't hesitate. You know, that, that the time to respond is now. Verse 23 and when he got in the boat, so, so as he had decided, let's, we're going across the, the, the lake, the Sea of Galilee, and they, they get in the boat, middle of verse 23, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep, and they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then he, he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this? Even the winds and sea obey him. These guys have been following Jesus for, for over a year. I mean, it's, it's early in the Gospel of Matthew, but when, when, when you look at all of the Gospels, particularly John, that, that Jesus has probably been uh, teaching, ministering, living, in a, in a, in a public sense, his, his public ministry for over a year when, when, when these things happen. And, and so these guys have, have, have been around... But, they, but they, they end with that question, what sort of man is this? So think about the, what, what's happened here. We've got at least four professional fishermen, James and John, Peter and Andrew, and, and some of the others could, could have been also. You know? and, and James and John, their father, Zebedee, he had been a fisherman. So, so they have been fishing and taught, you know, since, since they're knee-high to a grasshopper. I mean, they know. And they have been out on the Sea of Galilee fishing. And so they, they, they head across. They, they probably use one of their boats, a, a good, sturdy boat that's made this journey, you know, multiple times, maybe, maybe hundreds of times. And, and, and they, so they, they, they head out, and you kind of get the sense that, you know, they're, they're sort of in the middle. It's not going to be real quick to go back, and it's not going to be real quick to go forward. And all of a sudden, this great storm comes, comes up. And, and, and they say, and you, I'm sure you've heard this before, that it's not uncommon for this to happen on the Sea of Galilee, that, that it's 600 feet below sea level, but there are, there, are, there are hills, mountains, you know, higher elevation on, on the side. And so you've got this, this, this humid air coming up from the sea and this cool air, and it's just like a West Texas thunderstorm in April, or maybe not too far west, but, you know. They, and they just pop up. And so they're, they're going across, 
and, and it says the boat was being swamped by waves waves coming in. They, in 1986, they found a first century uh, fishing boat in, in, in Galilee. And the, this one in particular was about 26 and a half feet long and seven and a half feet wide. Some were bigger, some were smaller. We don't know exactly. They, they say the, the, the Greek scholars say the word that Matthew uses for boat is uh, medium to large, but they, they kind of uh, focus on the medium. And it's not this, you know, it's not the QE2. It's just, you know, a regular size boat and ship. ship. I mean, it could be large enough for maybe 13 men to be on it. Um, it it's not a huge boat. And it's, and it's just being pummeled by these winds. And, and, and the waves just pouring over, you know, the, the, the sides and, and, and the, it says the, the disciples are afraid. Now, it wouldn't take much if I was out on any kind of water and a heavy wind. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm not a professional seaman, sailor fishermen. Okay, I'm getting out of here. But these guys have been there. I mean, it's, 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 they know storms can come up real quickly. So this is a bad storm, a, a, a great storm, it says. And, and, and the boat's being, being just, just, it's like, we're going to sink, we're going to die any, any, any second now. The, the boat's going to break apart or it's just, there's going to be a wave and it's just going to cover us and, and sink us all to the, to, to the bottom of the lake. So what do they do? And what is Jesus doing? He's asleep. Well, he's been pretty busy, you know. I mean, and it does show us the humanity of Jesus. He's fully God and fully man. And, and he is asleep there. Uh, one, one of the other accounts said in, 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 in he, he, he's asleep on cushions that were there and just sleeping through it all. And, and they are, they're, they're scared to death. And, and, and they run up and they wake him up and say, save us, Lord, we're perishing. Is that a good question, a, a, a good uh, response or uh, uh, to, to this? What do they expect him to do and if they expect him to do something, why are they worried? Okay, well, it's men, okay? And, and, and men are not always the smartest, you know. Okay, sometimes we are. If it's only men in the room, then sometimes we are the smartest ones in there. But, but they, they are, I think it just illustrates their, their fear how, you know, it's like we got to wake him up. We need one more guy to take a coffee can and help bail out the water. It, why, why do they, what, what are they worried about? But look what, what Jesus does. He, he said, he asked them, why are you afraid? Well, there's 20 foot 
swells or waves or whatever coming over the sides of the boat. That's, that's why we're afraid. But, but I think he's thinking it's maybe something deeper that's, that's got them, that's made them afraid. And then he says, Oh, you of little faith. You know, the King James is probably what you have in mind. Oh, ye of little faith. He doesn't say you have no faith. He doesn't call them faithless. He just says your faith is small. Why are you afraid? H haven't you learned anything? What? How, how, can you, how can you be afraid? We don't know how much time is, is between that, him saying that. Does he give them a minute to consider, why was I afraid? And, and, and why is my faith so small? It says, then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the sea, and there came a great calm. Just immediately. I can too. He doesn't abandon them in their moment of little faith. He doesn't say, okay, your faith is so small, go on, I'm going to get me a new set of disciples. You know, he, he, he knows that people will we'll have times when, when their faith is not right, but he, but he still questions them. Why were you afraid? Where is your perspective? To whom are you looking for protection? Whether that protection may be dying, you know, that, 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 that Paul says, you know, to, to be dead is to be with Christ. And so he's saying, don't, don't put, what, where are you putting all your value in? I mean, it's, 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 it's another one of those, as we're left to ponder, did the scribe follow Jesus? Did the other disciple follow Jesus? That, that this situation, I, I, I think he, he kind of leaves us to ponder the same thing that, that they do, that Jesus rebuked the winds and the sea and there was great calm and then the men marveled and said, what sort of man is this? Yeah, it's it's like who who I don't remember who said who who 
made the statement, everybody gripes about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. And the weathermen are never right. And the weathermen are never right. But Jesus can actually do something about it. And, and so, yeah, it would, it would cause one to marvel that, oh, he's healed these people. I mean, healing someone from leprosy was the equivalent of raising one from the dead. It did not happen. And then he's healed... What to do? So, yeah, I mean, and there were there are a couple of occasions where, in the Old Testament, where one, you know, Naaman is healed from from leprosy. I so, part of the reason that the thing was there in Leviticus that all skin diseases were not leprosy, and so some things they could get over, but they just called it leprosy. Mm-hmm. This is even bad. I mean, it's a good point. They've seen Jesus heal sickness and, and disease, but they have never seen anybody calm a storm. And this is a storm that has these veteran fishermen just, you know, shaking in their sandals. I mean, just, you know, we're going to die. Jesus says, you have a little faith. Why did he think their faith was little? He's with them. He's with them. And so if... if, if because they've never seen anybody control the weather. Why would they have faith? Why would they have they faith? Could. It's not that they have no faith. He says a little faith, you know. So what have we not seen uh, firsthand that we should have more faith in. No, he knows it's not his time, and that he knows that's not the manner of his death. His death is going to be sacrificial on, on the cross. They've been with him a while, and they're not, they, have, they still haven't learned that. Well, it's going to be two more years or so, and they're still not going to have learned it. But then finally they're going to get it when they see the resurrected Christ. Okay, the last... Um, or the third event. So we've got something that happens before they get on the boat, and, and then we have something in the middle of the, of the sea while they're on the boat, then they finally get to the other side. Verse 28, And when he came to the other side, the country of the Gadareans, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tomb so fierce that no one could pass that way. And they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? 
Now a herd of pigs was feeding at some distance from them. And the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the herd into the pigs. And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. They've, they've, they've been through the storm, and Jesus calmed the, the waters. And, and, and they get to the other side, and, and they're going. The other side is, is primarily, predominantly a Gentile area and, and, and region that there, there would be a few Jews living there, but, but most everyone who, uh, who, who lived there was, was not Jewish, uh, that, that they were, were, were Gentiles. So they get there. They're, they're going toward this, this town, this, this village, and you don't really know. Do, do, do they know that these demon-possessed men are living up here in, in the tombs? And, and, and I think it's from Luke. Mark and Luke just say there was one. And, and, and scholars say, well, they were probably focusing on the one that spoke the, the most. And uh, that, that Matthew being there, and, and he, he wants to show there are two. Maybe two uh, for, that, for that, uh, that, that part of the law that said you have to have two witnesses. So, so for whatever reason, but but Luke says that he and this guy had uh, these guys had abandoned their clothes, so they're living up in the tombs and you know with dead people, and they are just in their birthday suit, just and and do do the disciples know? You know, okay, we just got out of that that storm, that that near death experience, and. You know, you think of this road going through here and these tombs up here, and all of a sudden, two demon-possessed, you know, just berserk, bizarre guys start coming down. They wouldn't let people pass. The people of the, of the village in the area, they know to avoid this, that these guys they've tried to capture them before, and they've put chains on them, and they've broken the chains with this, this super demonic uh, strength. And all of a sudden, you can just see these two guys coming out and just, they think they were scared with the storm. I, I imagine these, these demon-possessed men scare them just as bad. But, but these two the demoniacs, they don't focus on the disciples. They immediately recognize Jesus and say, what do we have to do with you Oh, son of God. You know, they recognized who he was. The devil, I mean, James 2, 19 says, you know, even the devil, the demons, the devil know Jesus and they quake at, you know, they quiver at, at, at that thought. They, so, so they believe, they just don't trust him or put their faith in it, but they know who Jesus is. 
And they're like, have you come to torment us before the time? That they even know that Jesus will judge them someday and throw them into the, the, the fire as he does with, with Satan and all of the, the, the fallen angels the, into, into the, the abyss, the lake of fire. And, and Luke's account, he says, did you come to throw us into the abyss? Somehow they, they have an idea that it's not the time yet for that judgment, that, that future judgment. And, and, and they say, don't, don't do that, but let us go into these pigs. I mean, I can't explain why a demon wants, okay, he's going to cast us out. You know, you know, we just don't want to be destroyed, so let us go into these pigs. For some reason, they want to go into these pigs. You know, maybe it's, it's symbolic of an unclean spirit going into an unclean animal. Uh, you know, it's probably Gentiles who own these pigs. Could be backslidden Jews that own these pigs. Hey, I'm, I'm not supposed to eat them, not supposed to touch them, but I can make some money by selling them to, you know, my Gentile neighbors. We, we don't really know who the, who the owners are, but the, 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 this herd of pigs is, is feeding, and they say, cast us out and send us into the pigs, and Jesus gives him a one-word uh, answer or a response. He says, go, and they go, you know, it, that, that they are subject to God's word, God's uh, directives. Jesus says, go, and, and, and they go. This is as, as they came out, they went, and then the herd goes but berserk, crazy, and they rush down this steep bank, and they're all drowned in, in, in the waters. Now, we don't know what happened to the demons you know, did, did they cease to exist because the pigs they were in drowned? Or did they, they just jump out at the last minute, however demons get out of something that they're possessing, and go, you know, and search for somebody else? We're, we're not told exactly what happens to them, but we're told what the herdsmen do. They go into town. They, they fled. I mean, you, 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 that would probably make you flee, you know, they, they see, they're, they're out there just, you know, herding these pigs and, and, and they see what's going on. It, evidently, the, the demons in these two men could see that herd of pigs, you know, and, and, and they, 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 the, the herdsmen see what, what happened. And so they go into town, you know, they want to make it known that, look, we're not responsible for this this financial loss that the owners experienced because the pigs were all, now they're all dead. So, so these aren't apparently not the owners of the pigs. They're just the, the tenders uh, of the pigs. And so they go in and they tell everything that's happened. Some translations say, including what happened to the demon-possessed men. The, the, the ESV says especially, but, but I, I like the... the Scholars say that a better interpretation, translation is including, you know, that, that they, they want to get rid of the blame. So, so they're focusing on, hey, the pigs are gone. Wasn't our fault because this, this guy came along and, and he cast out these demons. Those men are now they're healed and free 
of demon possession, but those demons went in your pigs, and I'm sorry, but they they died. They they it, the pigs went crazy, and they ran over this cliff and down into the water where they drowned. So the city comes out to 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 see who did this, and and, and they get there and they and they see Jesus, and they're like. Can you just go on somewhere else? Why? I mean, two men just kind of regained their lives. But this poor other guy, he lost his, his livelihood, his herd of pigs. They care more for pigs than they do for people. I think maybe that's the, you know, one, one thing that we can... All for, how many stories were there? One, two, three. Okay, sorry to say four. All three of these, it's like, how do I respond? What, what is my reaction? You have the scribe and the other, and the other disciple, and we're not told how they responded, but, but how do I respond to the, the invitation or the call that we've already received when we trusted Jesus as our Savior, how do I respond to following Him? Am I following Him wholeheartedly now, or am I waiting on some shoe to fall, something else to, I got to get through this part of my, 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 my life, and then I'll follow Him fully, or are we following Him faithfully now. And, and then the, the disciples, when they saw that Jesus could calm the sea, they said, what sort of man is this? What sort of man do we say Jesus is? A good teacher? A, a moral person? Or God incarnate? The, the Messiah who came to pay the price for our sin and now has been raised from the dead and ascended and sits at God's right hand. And then as, as followers, who do we prefer? Pigs or people? Do we, do we put all of our, our, our efforts and our... And our energy and focus into earthly treasures? Are we storing up treasures in heaven? Are, 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 we, are we seeking to serve God and follow His, His will? So it's, Matthew doesn't give us these answers, but it, but it begs these questions, you know, how, how do I respond? What, was, what would be my reaction Where did we stop? Oh, we'll start in verse or chapter nine next week. Any any observations? Um, seems like maybe I just kind of, you know, took all the time and was the only one talking. There's something deeper here than I can put into words, but I've never seen this before. But in the first story, the disciples know Jesus. They're afraid of drowning. And in the last story, the pigs know demons, 
And they would rather drown. So even the pigs are smarter than people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had that on Green Acres, you know. <laughs> Arnold, he could change the TV, you know. We even have remotes and can't figure out how to change the TV. <laughs> okay, let's pray before we get totally out of hand. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, may we ask ourselves these questions just how do we respond to Jesus, how willing we are to, to, to follow him, to just give our whole lives totally over to, to following the Savior. In his name I pray, amen.